New Testament reading, 1 Timothy 4, 7-8. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Praise the Lord. We are in the season of Lent. These 40 days from Ash Wednesday right into Easter Sunday, it's a time of reflection. It's a time often where we look inward. It's a time of uh, repentance, a time of uh, seeking God beyond where we may have over the last several months. First Timothy reminds us that we should train ourselves for godliness. We can't do it in our own strength, but by the aid of the Holy Spirit, God will enable us in the training so that we can perfect that which He requires of you and me. We are saved by God's grace. It costs us nothing. It's a love that we cannot fully comprehend but a love that we can embrace. It's a love that draws us and ought to continue to woo us to the Father. No stipulations or demands. Father who loves us draws us to himself. And because you and I have experienced such a love, then it behooves us to continue to press in for a deeper intimacy with him. Today, I'd like to encourage us as we journey through Lent in these coming days and weeks to look back at three disciplines of Jesus Christ. The disciplined life is still the godly life. Not discipline in and of itself, but the discipline by the aid of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine. It's not so much what we say, but it's what we do. It's what we do that matters. And what better example do we have than that of the person Jesus Christ? As the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Luke's, the second chapter speaks of Jesus when his parents had fulfilled the requirements of the law of the Lord. They returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended a festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't knew it. Upon returning back to the temple, they found him there as a child. And what was his word as they inquired of him why he did this to them? In the 49th verse, he would read, But why did you need to search for me, Jesus would ask? Did you not know that I must be? In my father's house, even as a child, the need to be among the saints of God 
where the Torah was read, that's what they did. They read the word. As a child, he was in the scriptures. As a custom, it was his also to be in the word of God. And I place some scriptures there so that those of you that are choosing to take notes will be able, hopefully, to delve into them over the next several days as we remind ourselves that the example that God has given to us in Christ was that he was disciplined in the word as a child, as a custom. Yes, as a custom. When he came to the village of Nazareth, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up and read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. As a teacher, Matthew's Gospel, the ninth chapter, the 35th verse, it says, Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and the villages of the area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion of them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest indeed is great, but the workers are few. So pray, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers into the vineyard. The 13th chapter, the 54th verse, give us further insight. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown, and when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get the wisdom and the power to do miracles? Out of Matthew 22nd chapter, 29 verse, it says, Jesus replied, your mistake is that you do not know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. The need for us as we imitate Christ is to be men and women who loves God and who are disciplined in the scriptures as he was. Disciplined in the reading of the Bible. The question is, how is it with us? How is it with you? Do you spend time in God's word? Being disciplined in scriptures. He was also disciplined in prayer. And you can't overlook that as you peer through the scriptures. The Son of God, Yeshua, he was in prayer for fellowship with the Father. That's why we pray. When you and I are called to prayer, it's this wonderful invitation that God has given to us. Here it says of God that you, yes you, have an audience with God. To know it is to embrace it. Thanks be to God, the veil of the temple has been rent from top to bottom. And you and I who name the name of Jesus Christ can enter into a place of communing with God, of fellowship with Him, of prayer. And Jesus modeled that. The God-man modeled that. Prayer is a lofty thing. No wonder Christ says, my house will be a house of prayer of all nations. 
Matthew's Gospel, the 14th chapter, the 23rd verse. And after sending them home, he, Jesus, went up into the hills by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there alone. His prayer was not a three minutes type of prayer. His prayer was an intimate time with his father that went throughout the night. Mark's Gospel, the first chapter, the 35th verse. The next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated or a solitary place, and there he prayed. And later, Simon and others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. And in light of all who were looking for him, it was of necessity that he prayed. It was of necessity that he came away from the crowd and communed with the Father, that he forfeited sleep so that he can be in fellowship with Father. He prayed for fellowship. Saints of God, is there a need for an increased fellowship among us? The answer still is that of prayer. Prayer will bring it about as we commune with Father and we start unpacking to him what's on our heart, as we start telling him what we yearn to see, Father, this is your house. You promise that you will build your house and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. He hears us. And will he not answer? Luke's Gospel 9, 28 and 29, about eight days later, Jesus took Peter and John and James up to a mountain to pray. They went up to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. And they were glorious to see. And all that transpired as he gave himself to prayer. Yes, he was disciplined in prayer for fellowship. God is calling us to come deeper in intimacy. It's not a do's and don'ts. It's a love relationship. It's a relationship of love for which Father calls and bid you and I to come embrace saints of God. We're not starved for knowledge. It's much with us. Information is all around us. What we need to experience is transformation of the heart. And only God can do that as we avail ourselves to Him. But there's no better example that I can find for you and I to emulate than that of the person Christ who was disciplined and prayed for fellowship and prayed for instructions and he also prayed for strength, how we need strength, thanks to God. Jesus modeled that for us. And lastly, is the discipline of fasting. Matthew's Gospel, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11. I encourage you to read it in its entirety sometime today. Because within those verses... We will be reminded that Jesus fasted for fellowship and impartation was a place for fasting. And not only fasting from food. Often that's what comes to mind. And there's a place, yes, 
when it comes to fasting, we're abstaining from food for a period of time. But there's also need for us to fast from certain things where we can say, I'm going to abstain from that. And I'm going to use that time to spend with God in the Word, in prayer, in fellowship, for instructions. Saints of God. So we ask of ourselves, on this last discipline, do we fast? The question is, will we? Will you fast, and not just from food? How often will we fast? How often will you fast during this season of Lent? Are we willing to die to the flesh? The flesh that wants to be pampered and wants to be comfortable. No one is in a relationship that will go the distance if you're not disciplined to spend time with him or her. If you're not disciplined to seek to know them better. God who loves us calls us and will enable us so that together we can rejoice. Together we can sing because of his faithfulness and love for you and for me. Bless the Lord. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas. And there are many out there. This week, throughout the season of Lent and throughout the remaining of our time on the earth, instead, let us discipline ourselves. Let us discipline ourselves to be godly women and men. In the three areas in which we certainly can give ourselves to let us be disciplined in the scriptures. Let us be disciplined in prayer. I'm sure there's room for improvement in all of God's people. To be more in the scriptures. To be more in prayer. And let us discipline ourselves in fasting. The Lord bless you and keep you as you go. It is he who makes his face to shine in you. Oh, how he is gracious unto you. The Lord our God. He lifts his countenance upon you, and he grants you his shalom. The peace of God rules, rests, and abide with you as you go with the word of God that was delivered for you and I, the people of God this day. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning.